Welcome to Multiverse Q, your guide of the comic book multiverse. Now in podcast form, I am Luke, and we are back yet again for another episode in our coverage of Marvel Noir. We are getting close to the end now. This is the last original series that we are covering, so it has been quite a journey, and joining me on this leg is Jeffrey Golden. Hello! Last, wait, are we the end of a journey? What's going on? What's going on, Luke? Oh, uh, after this one, all I have is X-Men Noir and Spider-Man Noir, the like second parts of those episodes. Oh, okay. So we're getting nearing the end of the Noir series. Yes, yeah. Not the, not the podcast as a whole. Oh, no, no, we oh, have good. to like... No, we still have to get through, like, all of Edge of Spider-Verse sometime. We have to figure out if we're actually going to cover, like, Crisis on Infinite Earths and all of that. Because that, oh, that's good. Because you scared me a little bit there. You're like, we're getting the end of our journey. It's like, what? Our ju- No, we got to keep going. You've got so many more universes to visit. We're sort of, like, capping off what there is to cover, though. Really? You've got, God, you guys have been, uh, you guys have been going for quite some time at this point. We're coming up on our third year now. That's a lot of years. That's a lot of years. And that's a lot of universes. Yeah, we started in March of 2015. Oh my goodness. Back uh, back in the alternative universe of the Obama administration. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, with guests... Yeah, we're in. Uh, boy, this this was this was a very interesting uh, comic book that you sent me. I I have to admit, I'm not a big a Punisher guy. I'm going to say that up. Can I say yeah. that up front? Can I make a disclaimer? Oh, yeah. I've read uh, Welcome Back, Frank. I've mm-hmm. read and I've read uh, Archie versus the Punisher. And of that's course, a good one, which is a good one. And of course, I've seen. I, I I mean, I've read comics with Punisher in them. Like he'll mm-hmm. like make an appearance, be like, you know, oh God, what will Spider-Man do? And then all of a sudden the Green Goblin is riddled full of bullets and it's like, I took care of it for you. <laughs> it's like Punisher. And then he leaves, you know. But uh, I haven't read that many like full, you know, like this is starring the Punisher. I also know there have been a number of Punisher attempts at a Punisher film and television series. Um. I haven't watched any of them. Uh, I don't know. It's not. Uh, I. 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 I don't have anything against him. I don't know. It's just I'm not a. Uh, I, I'm not like a. I'm not like a big bullets guy. I guess I'm not like yeah. a big guy who's like, yeah, I want my superhero to like shoot shoot people. Like I want mm-hmm. them to do other things, like things I can't do, like zap, pop, like you know charge playing cards and throw them at people and talk in a Cajun accent. Like something I can't do, you know. You don't talk in no Cajun accent etouffee gumbo. Ah, uh, this don't share. You know, my favorite, by the way, side, quick sidebar, uh, mm-hmm. f- favorite Gambit moment in X-Men the Animated Series has to be uh, when he's arguing with Jean Grey in the kitchen in the Christmas episode. Do you remember this? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, he's making a gumbo and Gene gray wants to make something else. Let's make a Turkey or something. And the two of them are like, are like actually like fighting each other with their powers in, in the X-Men kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it's great. 
Like I, I like that's like my baseline for like, yeah, this is like a, this is a great comic story. It's <laughs> like a great superhero story. <laughs> so pretty much, you want like battle royale, but it's in a kitchen and nobody has guns, and it's everybody just wanting to cook what they want. Well, there was that scene in battle royale in a kitchen, as I recall. Wasn't there a scene? I'm pretty sure there's a scene yeah, in the yeah. kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. The I don't know. Like for some reason, I. Like I like I actually like Battle Royale. I think it's a really fun movie. I think it's just I have different expectations for superheroes specifically. So mm-hmm. so my feeling is like like even Batman. Like Batman doesn't like take out a bunch of guns all the time and like shoots people. Like Batman has like a batarang and like a Batmobile and like crazy bat stuff. You know, Punisher's superpower seems to be that he's just like has a lot of guns he's a guy with a lot of guns like and he has a weird parallel existence where he doesn't always need to interact because it's like oh yeah no he would be stopped 50 times if it weren't for the fact that the punisher is a popular character right yes no it's exactly it's like it's is his popularity is what's keeping him alive um, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm not like a gun nut is what I guess I'm I'm saying with regards to Punisher. But I, I like a good anti-hero, so I, I, resp- I respect him. And I did enjoy Welcome Back, Frank. I, I think that's a great, uh, a really a really great comic story. But I feel like they're more like mob stories. They're just like, they're like gangster stories, not like superhero stories. But I don't know. You know, to each their own. Have you ever read Hitman out of curiosity? Uh, I haven't read Hitman, no. Hitman is really good. It was, and I always get the guys confused. Uh, it was written by uh, Garth Ennis. Okay, great. It was his sequel to the Demon series that he did about a superpowered Hitman. And there, I think that may be more of what you want because it does get into some of the over-the-top superhero stuff. It's not like he's solely fighting mobsters all the time. He fights like vampires. Yeah. And there's a night where an aquarium... It's filled with zombie. Uh, oh, yeah, fish. that sounds better. I mean, look, I, I mean, I mm-hmm. could also like I could watch, you know, read a superhero story where they're like, it's a bunch of superheroes having brunch and I'd be fine with that. I just want there to be an implication, the impl- implied that they are like super powered. If I'm coming into a story with the expectation of superheroes, I want I want those powers, baby. Give me those sweet, sweet powers. So where do you stand on like a Frankencastle where Frank Castle gets uh, cut into pieces by Dakin and he is reconstructed as a Frankenstein's monster style monster? Uh, yeah, I could I could be down with that. I could be down with mo- with a monster because that's sort of supernatural. I can I can dig that. I can dig it. I mean, I know there are Marvel zombies. We got a lot of those. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's cool. I'm hip. <laughs> uh, so this is yet another uh series that takes place on earth 90214 oh, and it was another issue miniseries so close to 90210 that's very that's dangerously close have they done like marvel 90210 is there like i mean or is that just x-men evolution i don't know 
Uh, that is the old man Logan universe. Is, that, is it really? That was what it was initially, and then they're like, "Oh no, that's that's too much of a joke." <laughs> and so they changed it. Uh, that's cr- that's crazy though that that like that got through so many layers before somebody realized it shouldn't be that. That's really funny. It got it got printed in one of the Marvel handbooks, and then they decided to write. That's really it. funny. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I like that the most like serious and sad comic has like the funniest like in joke number. That's pretty cool. So we're in. Uh, there. Oh no! Oh, I was gonna say, so we're in Mar- we're in a uh, Marvel nine zero two one four. Yes. Okay. Great. The Nuariverse. It's set in uh, Los Angeles County. It's set in Los Angeles County. Great. Let me ask you, do we know, do the other ones take place before or after the 1930s? Is everything taking place in the 1930s with their 20s, 30s, 40s in that general zone with the series? Uh, most of them take place in the 1930s. All of them that I have read so far, which only excludes Iron Man, which I'm getting to after this one tonight because I'm recording these episodes out of order <laughs> all take place in different parts of new york city so luke cage is in harlem daredevil's in hell's kitchen cool i guess my question is like is this like what i'm curious about is in the future does the noir universe become like a like our time or like like a regular pop culture like does pac-man happen or does like the noir universe always stay like pop culturally like in the same like you know 30s kind of vibe that is a good question do you think it'd be like one of those star trek worlds where it's like we saw some of your Earthman movies about <laughs> mobsters and we are now all mobsters right that's what i'm wondering well that's what i'm wondering because like when you say like it's like a noir universe that implies to me that it's like going to be noir forever or as opposed to like just a just a small period of time, um, you know, because it's like it would be like you know if uh, you could call our universe like the noir universe, like if you went back, if you if you only consider like the 1930s, you know, but if you consider it the 1980s, is it the Pac-Man universe? You know, I I don't know, I don't know, guys. I'm just cur- I'm just curious if they go into like here's what the 90s are like in the noir universe. The only real continuation that they've had has been, oh, that is a loud-ass train. Well, that's good. That's uh, setting the, the mood here. I heard a train in the distance. <laughs> you know, I went to get a glass of whiskey. <laughs> you know, then she walked in, you know. So these are the... Yeah. <laughs> she had legs from her thighs down to the floor. <laughs> and a mouth up to Wednesday. <laughs> And eyes that had been formed for survival over thousands of generations. And arms that spread across lengthwise when she wanted them to. And she wanted them to. Because she was carrying two buckets of milk that were on a long pole that she had over her shoulders. She was a milkmaid <laughs> coming to see me about her missing milk case. <laughs> and that's where Punisher <laughs> that's comes right. in. The dairy Punisher. The... He's not even a he's not even a detective. I I kind of thought when I, we were going to do Punisher Noir, my first thought was okay, like maybe they're going to cast Punisher as like a Sam Spade type, 
you know, he'll be like as a, yeah. in a de- as he'll be like a freelance detective who you know whips his gun out, does whatever you know, cast him in that sort of light. But he's he's like a deli owner. Well, well, and there's two of them, right? But uh, let me uh, get running through the rest of the credits. So it was written by Frank Thierry, who also did a favorite of the show's Space Punisher, <laughs> which uh-huh. I think fit things a lot more. Uh, Space Punisher sounds a lot more fun. I want to read Space Punisher. <laughs> With art by Paul Azacita, colors by Nick Filardi, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. And... Yeah, this this comic makes a lot of weird choices where I I get that they wanted to avoid doing the stereotypical Punisher story. Right. Because it isn't just, oh, Frank Castle is an adult. He goes off to the war and then his family gets gunned down. Instead, Frank Castiglione, who somehow had his own decorated guns in World War One, <laughs> Yeah. It, like, gets a full chest tattoo for some reason. <laughs> it's like, regu- this is all highly regulation. They, they definitely, world, the, if the one thing the army is uh, is known for, it's allowing you to bring your own flair and style to the, to the force, you know? They're really big on that. Well, no, he was this universe's uh, attempt at making a Captain America in uh, World War One. They just tried to put on a big old skull on his uh, chest and see if that gave him powers. <laughs> it, didn't. it did not. The experiment failed. Yep. Uh, so his wife ends up dying of cancer when he gets back and he has to raise his son, Frank right. Jr. And we're also like caught up between these two different time periods because there's 1928 when he's trying to be a single dad making it with his son. Right. Well, well, not making it that way. And then 1935 where there's the Punisher who is someone mysterious. Right. Here, Here's my question. But I want to ask a question right off the bat. Okay. As I said, I am not mm-hmm. super familiar with the with Punisher lore. I tried to do some a little bit of research. Is, is Ruth a the a character in the comics like or is this just made up like is is ruth like a, a an invention of uh of the noir universe of this of of this story and then i and then same question about dutch the uh our villain our lead villain so normally frank castle's wife is named maria but here for whatever reason they decided to make his wife jewish and him italian right. yes so and then Dutch is that a, is that anybody that you that we know? Am I supposed to know if I like look and see Dutch? I'm like, oh, Dutch. Uh, he was an actual New York area Jewish American mobster in the 1920s and 1930s. Oh, I see. Okay, so he's so he's fighting a historically a real character in history. Um, which is weird. It is weird. I, okay. So you you are the expert. You are the the primary expert on alternate universe comic books. Yes. Wouldn't you say that a lot of the fun of an alternate universe comic book is to see like the characters that you already know and love recast in different roles? So like, what if so if in a noir universe, you know maybe. Doctor Octopus is a mobster, and they call him Johnny Eight Arms or something. And you see him, and it's like, <laughs> oh, Doctor Octopus, that's crazy. I mean, right? Like, 
Isn't that like part of the fun yeah. of this? Right. So it, it feels to, it feels to me like they like cast this with like a completely new group of characters who I had no previous attachment to. Well, no, because the uh, three people who come in later are like actual Punisher characters. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. 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 Yeah. 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 But no, like some of the others, they did like mix them around. Luke Cage Noir does a really good job of it. But then like X-Men Noir is a bit too much like, oh, this is Magneto. He's chief of police in this part of the city. He's got a brotherhood of officers. You see this guy, he's big and fat. I wonder who he could be. You see this guy, he looks like he's a uh, frog right. man. Wonder who that guy is. But they weren't actually those mutants. They weren't actually Toad and... Uh, no. No. Okay, so it was just like wink, Blah. wink, wink. Right, I don't want that. I literally want Toad and Blob to be the to be the cops. <laughs> well, and there you you get that in Spider-Man Noir, where it's Norman Osborn is called the Goblin for some reason. You find it out during the story, okay. and like there is the Enforcers. Do you know about the Enforcers? I do not. Tell me about the Enforcers. They are three old school uh, Marvel villains who basically fought the street level. Uh, guys and there are I am pulling up their list because I don't want to forget them because they are very very good boys <laughs> they're the good boys so there is yeah yeah they're the good good crime boys <laughs> so there is Fancy Dan okay, good. who knows karate Great. there's the ox who's a big guy Okay. there's Montana who uses a whip and then there's like other people who come in and out, but usually it's Fancy Dan, Ox, and Montana. Right. Okay. Great. Well, I like yeah. that group. Like they show up. Uh, they show up in Spider-Man uh, Noir, but then there's also like the Vulture, who was a geek in the classic sense of the right. word. All right. Yeah. Listen, I uh, I'm down with that. That's basically what I'm looking to these comics for. So I'm glad. I'm glad that the three those three guys that they the fights are legit are our Punisher fans will enjoy seeing those characters. But I thought found it weird that like they chose an actual mobster for him to fight, um, and that he's married to a lady he would not we don't know, some lady named Ruth. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird weird choice. choices. So, yep. So Frank Jr. gets caught up with a local kid's crime gang and Frank Sr. isn't really happy about them robbing a guy. No. Like a old school Hasidic Jewish man when he should be working at the grocery store where he left Bumpo there. And I have no idea who Bumpo Bumpo was supposed to be. All right. Look, (laughs) look, I think Bumpo is literally supposed to be, uh, you know, the guy from Popeye comics, Wimpy. I think it's just like, yeah, what if Wimpy is in this universe? Because isn't that what he is? He's just like a fat guy who can't stop eating a sandwich. He's going to eat so many sandwiches that they're going out of business. <laughs> and he's only in one he's scene. In one, yeah. I wish, that they, I wish that they wouldn't tease Bumpo. I would either, either go hard on Bumpo or no Bumpo. Because <laughs> I, like, if I'm mm-hmm. If I'm supposed to take this seriously, if like the idea is, oh, he's fighting like a real mobster, so 
you know, that this is like Punisher in the real world kind of thing that with real world stakes, you know, then like Bumpo makes absolutely no sense because he's like the cartooniest cartoon character. Um, but like if I'm just supposed to have crazy fun, then yeah, more Bumpo. Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't Bumpo stop at one of the robberies or Bumpo should, you know, get one of these guys in the head with a sandwich at one point. What if there is some guy who's reading this issue by issue and he's like, okay, I'm going to bet you $50 that Bumpo turns into the Punisher and they're just doing a whole double, double <laughs> twist on you. Yeah. I hope that there was somebody who was like waiting for that turn. Just like reading page after page. Like, come on, where's that Bumpo reveal? <laughs> where's the, the big the old big Bumpo, Bumpo stand. The big bump, as we call it here on the show. So some mobsters come in to shake down uh, Frank Castle for, or Frank Castiglione right. for his money. And like Frank and Junior just end up attacking them until they run out, which ends up causing more collateral than if they just paid off the gang. And Frank is just like, you've got to stick up for something. Or you got to stick up and do something. You can't just let people yeah. bully you. And it's like, sure. Yeah, but doesn't he feel like, all right, look, like, that's a good that's a good message. You need to be strong in life. You need to stand up for people. But, like, isn't he at all concerned about, like, his son? I mean, it's not like, you know, he's a two-parent household. I mean, he if he dies, like, you know, I mean, the son... It, in theory can take care of himself because he can shoot a gun, but he's already were concerned that the son is falling into the wrong crowd. So like, you know, don't you as a parent want to, you know, stay alive? I mean, it's Bumpo, you know, is, is his Bumpo like there to take care of him? No, take care of the son. I don't think so. I don't hear that Bumpo becomes his father. Although that could have worked great. Actually, Bumpo could have become my two dads. Yeah, well, Bumpo could have become his surrogate father. And then he was, like, raised by Bumpo. And he's like, Bumpo, you're not my real dad. You, In fact, you suck. It would have been great. <laughs> son, son, just come to your dad, dad Bumpo, and bring me a sandwich. Daddy needs a sandwich. Damn it, all you ever think about are sandwiches. I love sandwiches. Uh, I want to know what happened to this deli, by the way. Like we don't, I don't think we get any resolution about what happened at the deli. No, we don't. <laughs> We're that's sad. We, we want our we want our bumpo resolution and our uh, deli resolution. It's important things that Frank Thierry has let <laughs> this us. This is true. On. Damn it, Frank! Come on, Frank. Let's go. We're gonna go to Comic Con and ask him what happened to Bumpo. <laughs> that's my. I'm gonna get up at the panel. At the Punisher Today and Tomorrow panel with the, the cast, the Punisher and Frank Thierry. Just be the first one to ask a question. Pardon me, sir. <laughs> this question is... <laughs> Actually, I think he's writing Harley Quinn right now. Oh, all right, great. Well, then are we going to see Bumpo and Harley Quinn? Can we get that? Can we Can we get that happening? Bumpo is the uh, new version of the guy from the uh, Marvel and DC... Uh... Marvel versus DC oh, Comics I love uh, access. I like that he is that the Amalgam yes. universe forms because of Bumpo. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Amalgam 2. Yeah. 
so the thugs go back and report what happened, and Dutch Schultz, the crime boss, is unhappy, cuts off some fingers, and tells them that he'll make sure to collect their money. We then cut to the future, where all of Dutch's men have been gunned down as a mysterious detective soap investigates, noting the tools and weapons that were used, which the other cops right. ignore. He's, he's a smarter guy, but also maybe a clue would be, uh, you know, following the trail of missing fingers. <laughs> Because, boy, that guy sure cuts off a lot of fingers. I mean, am I, am I crazy here? Like, yeah. is it is it like so many fingers that it's funny? I feel like it's just like it's it's that. I feel like this whole book sort of straddles that line, this whole series of like, if it was just a little bit more, it would be like a legitimately funny and I'd be entertained by that. But it's not mm-hmm. like quite enough. But it's also like, too much to be like normal it's like he cuts off too many he yeah, cuts off yeah. too many fingers to be like to be like a regular mobster because <laughs> even if that's his thing like his 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 guys are all like fingerless it doesn't do the garth and his balance where it's like you can have these very awful characters but you need to get it up to a certain level where you're either going to be doing them realistically or they're so over the top and either way right. you want them to die there's no it's bears yeah. moment. Yeah. Yeah, I figure it's just like kind of in this the whole series is kind of in this uh that sort of middle ground there. Not quite not quite goofy enough to be funny, but too goofy to feel like you're it's real. And so you're like stuck in this weird middle of like where what is what universe is this? I'll tell you, it's nine one two oh four. Nine oh two one four, baby. So then we have Frank Sr. telling a story about how he fought the Russian on a train in a brutal fight before Frank put a grenade into his pants and the Russian presumably died after being kicked off the side, which was a story Frank was telling his son to know to always be prepared. And then Frank teaches his son how to use guns because, you know, Frank is a dad. And the Russian is a, like, legit DC, or a legit Marvel character. He showed up in, like, a few of the oh, okay, movies cool. at least is he a, is he a, is he a supervillain like does he have powers is that how he survives things or is he just like one of these guys who is like really strong in comics he's just like not necessarily super powered strong but he's just like a, like built and crazy he's just a very tough boy tough boy okay great because it seems mm-hmm. pretty cra- like it, you'd have to be it feels pretty crazy like what the russian survives like it, exp- he, it exp- a grenade in his pants while being kicked off of a train is is pretty. Ins- I mean, that's like a pretty insane thing to survive. Probably not the craziest thing that if somebody a human has survived in a, in a comic book. But still, like mm-hmm. when you think about it, not only was he blown up, but he was also thrown off the side of a moving train. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Well, maybe it's like doing a uh, like double jump before you land in a video game. So you do that last jump. That way it doesn't register as far. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe as he was jumping, the grenade like slipped a little bit away from him, like out of his pants. He like zipped his fly like just in time, like for it to like not be like directly in his pants, but just to be like a little bit away. He's got a little bit of distance. <laughs> 
Well, we're, so, we're thinking more about it than I think uh, anybody else uh, has. And, so there you go. Yeah. Well, we have to find our fun in this comic. That's true. Because, I mean, the next thing that we get is Dutch literally killing a guy who's lost too many fingers to do his job. <laughs> he's got a, a, like, this is the thing. It's like he's got like a like a little basket, like a little box of fingers, which is horrifying. It's a horrifying idea. Yeah. Right? But, like, if we had one more scene where, like, there were so many, like, he was, like, cleaning fingers off of his desk, like, I'd, I'd like, I'd stand up and applaud yeah. the comic book. I think that would be great. But we never get, it's just, like, that's too many fingers. It's too many fingers. No mobster would do that. He's trying to find a pan. He opens up the desk drawer. <laughs> There's just fingers on it. He's digging. I mean, around. I don't know. Is this, he's based yeah. on a real guy? Did the real? I mean, is this like a story about this guy that he like this actual mobster like did this to people? Like had a crazy finger collection? <laughs> Maybe it's one of these things that's no. too crazy to be true, but it is. I don't know. Not as far as I can tell, because I, like, looked on his Wikipedia page for a Google for finger, and there wasn't anything, and I've looked up Dutch Schultz finger, and it's more of, who fingered him for this crime? Yeah, because you think if this was a real thing, it would pretty much be what he was known for. Like, he'd be called fingers, you know, he would... People would be like, people would come up to him like wearing gloves or something and trembling in fear. Like it would get a like word would get around about a monster like that. Mm-hmm. And then that's where they bring in the ten fingered man. Right. Yeah, because he has ten fingers on each Ooh, hand. Ooh, that's right. That's a good guy to work for this uh, for Dutch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what's up. You got longevity, right? <laughs> so. To deal with Castle, he brings in Barracuda and Jigsaw, who are two very violent and unstoppable killers, both of them who were established Punisher characters, both of whom their premise is pretty much, they're the people who Punisher doesn't get to kill, or at least doesn't get to kill easily. Barracuda had his own miniseries. Ah, all right, very good. When was when yep. was it? When was that miniseries? Is that like recently, or was that like years ago? No, like he's died since then. So is it like a was he like a '90s character? I feel like Barracuda might be like a '90s character name. Uh, mid 2000s. Mid 2000s. Oh, okay, that was a little off. Yeah. I was imagining it uh, like with a foil cover, like with a hologram foil cover. It's like Barracuda with like a little like shark, like like he's like the the bee has like shark teeth or something, and then he's like on the front cover. He's like huge and jacked with like a bunch of pouches and guns. And he's like, I'm the Barracuda. And it's like, number one, collector's issue. But not that. (laughs) Uh, He was also the guy who was hired in the infamous comic where Barracuda or where Punisher has to fight to save Eminem. Uh, Go on. Wait, I need to know all about this. What? Uh, yeah, the Parents Music Resource Center hires Barracuda to try and kill Eminem, who was a childhood friend. Oh, f- a childhood friend of the Punisher or childhood friend of Barracuda? Of Barracuda. Of Barracuda. Oh, shit. That's ridiculous. And so Eminem, so Eminem is real in the Marvel Universe. Well, that was an alternate universe story. Oh, okay. I see. 
So he's not so real. In, in, he's not real in the regular Marvel universe, or is he? Do we know? Uh, he probably exists. I have to find out what universe this is in because it would be a fascinating one to cover. Is Obama uh, is Obama in the regular Marvel universe with Spider Man? Yes. Yes. Okay. So President yeah. Obama, he does become president in the regular yeah. Marvel universe. Yeah, it's not like Marvel, or it's not like DC, where Lex Luthor became president for a while. Has any crazy character been president in the Marvel universe, the regular Marvel universe, or no? Uh, I think it was Nixon who turned out to be a leader of the Secret Empire. Oh shit! And then uh, Captain America found out, and Nixon killed himself, which is why Captain America ended up stopping being Captain America for a while. Oh fuck! Man, and who says comics aren't political? <laughs> Those people are very wrong. Comics are the most political. <laughs> but shit, like Nick, so, so Richard Nixon kill, commits suicide in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, they don't That's actually crazy. show Nixon doing it, but like... There's no like bunker scene? <laughs> the office. <laughs> Uh, pretty much, pretty much. Like, <laughs> Give me Gerald, Gerald Ford, bring me a cyanide capsule. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I like that. Co- I mean, like, again, it shows you that, like, when you know that that America as a whole is, like, disgusted with, like, a particular, like, political figure when, like, they appear as a villain in a comic book. <laughs> it's like you got Hitler mm-hmm. and Nixon all as like as like supervillains basically so not so like that's a good indicator it's like america has decided this figure is bad here is the comic book that like rubs that in also uh trudeau's uh father showed up as a bad guy in x-men once or twice as like a cameo guy. gary trudeau the cartoonist mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I see we've got, yeah, and we got Jigsaw, we've got Barracuda, those two guys teaming up with a mysterious third person. Yep, so they go to his house while Junior is out with his kids gang, who are considering robbing a church, but he decides to go against it, and then one of the others calls him for being of mixed descent, and he punches him out, and then he gets in, home in time to see that uh, his dad has been killed. Not a good night. And Soap. Nope, and Soap, who is there, but younger, notes that there is a third killer, a woman who was there. Bum, bum, bum. Who is the woman? Is it Electra? <laughs> is it Storm? For some reason? <laughs> who is it? <laughs> is it Lady Deathstrike? So, we don't know. <laughs> is it Lady Bullseye? Yeah. Is it Mr. Bulls apostrophe S space I? The, the Daredevil one tries to, like, make an old-timey version of Bullseye, but they keep spelling it as Bulls apostrophe S space I, right. which is really dumb because Bullseye entered into the common lexicon as a single word in, like, the 1860s. Right. And it's definitely, like, it's, like, during wartime, like, people were saying, like, yeah, the Bulls hit him on the Bullseye. I mean, there was also, like, a lot of Bullseye insignias on clothes and things like that i feel like at that time 
if I went around, I'd see like bullseyes on graphics. So yeah, I don't know what are they doing pretending that like bullseyes didn't exist in the 1930s. That's weird. So we then go forward to the future in 1935, where Detective Soap is visiting Dutch because the people associated with him have been turning up dead, and he calls Dutch a coward. Meanwhile, Jigsaw has. Wait, did you mention that he's dressed as Santa Claus? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> he's no, dressed I did not. As, hey, everybody <laughs> at home, if you didn't read the comic, he's dressed as Santa Claus. <laughs> he's doing Santa stuff. And, he, <laughs> and a kid asks him for a gun. Yeah, a kid asks him for a gun and he gives him a gun. And then uh, and he's like having this conversation with the cops like while there are children on his lap. Like, he doesn't, like, go off to the side dressed as Santa Claus to, like, have this conversation. He's like, oh, little girl, what do you tell the cops and Santa Claus what you want? It's like, oh, do you, hey, little girl, do you want Santa to be arrested for murder? <laughs> for racketeering, little girl? <laughs> do you want Santa to go free? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> That's when they put in their uh, plant children who are just going to ask him for alcohol <laughs> to trick him into becoming a bartender. Uh, and that's how they get him for bootlegging. See, it's, it was a sting operation. The old Santa sting. What do you want for uh, Christmas, little girl? <laughs> I want you to commit tax fraud. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> if you say so. Uh, ho, ho, ho. Yeah, no one ever asks Santa... It's like people ask Santa for gifts, but no one is ever like, hey, Santa, like, I just want you to be happy. Like, I just want you to maybe you should spend this Christmas just focusing on your relationship with your wife. Like, have a good just take a year off. That's what I wish for. That's what I wish for for Christmas is for you to get a little bit of of uh, of R&R. No one ever. No one. Everybody's so selfish. No one ever wishes things for poor Santa. I just I, listen. I'm you know I'm still on Christmas mode. Apparently, I'm still thinking about Christmas. But uh, you know, they brought it up. Frank Gutierrez brought it up with the Santa inclusion of Santa Claus. So, well, we ended up doing a uh, Christmas special because they did a uh, issue of I think it was Bizarre Adventures that just had a bunch of like Christmas stories. So I think there's like two of them where Santa's dead. And, uh, like one where he goes into New York city and he decides it's better to just have a store that people can steal from instead of like going and oh, giving yeah. them gifts. There you go. Yeah. I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. Is Santa real in any of the Marvel universes? Yes. Great. It's yes. And in the sixth one, six, he is a oh, mutant. Wonderful. But we never see Santa like. Do we ever see like Santa fighting? Like, does Santa like defend? Does he like yes. defend the North Pole? Is that like his like cause cause as a superhero? Uh, in She Hulk, he shows up as a detective. Fuck. And uh, there's also a alternate universe where he gets the Infinity Gauntlet with all of the Infinity Great. Stones. Great. Uh, have you done that? Have you read that uh, comic yet for the show? Yes. Oh, okay. Fuck. <laughs> that's real. I have to listen to that episode because that sounds great. Uh, yeah, that also has the ones where a guy sort of gets uh, Santa Claused. 
uh, like the Tim Allen movie. Uh, turns out that he is the son of Santa. Oh, and so then he like de- develops he those powers. Does he like develop the Santa powers as a mutant? Like, are they hereditary? No. Uh, that was before they technically made him a mutant in the 616, but he has to fight the Anti-Claws. Oh, shit. <laughs> all right. Is there, like, a, there is, like, a trade, right, of all, like, the Marvel Santa comics? There is I feel not. like I need to read all of... What? Yeah, That's crazy. But a few of them are on Marvel Unlimited. All right, great. I'll look for them. But they should really be collected. I, that's like something I want to like be able to own that like a hardcover like you know they always in like every Christmas special it like begins with like you see Santa's hands like unfolding like like uh, opening up like a you know a, a beautifully uh, bound collection called Twas the Night Before Christmas and he like opens mm-hmm. it up and there's like a little bit of like sparkles and like magic noise like I want to be able to do that but with a Marvel book of all the Santa adventures <laughs> And I also oh. want Santa to join the X-Men. <laughs> so those are my requests. <laughs> I think in the story where they find out that he is a mutant, he ends up turning a bunch of members of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants into toys. Oh. And it gets resolved off screen. Yeah, it's it's really messed up Santa stuff. Right. But we got to finish this story. Yeah, all right. Well, so here we are with the with WWE's The Big Show and, and his lady in the amusement park. Yeah, so Barracuda is on his date in an amusement park where he is, like, paid to get it shut off. So, like, he and his girlfriend are the only people there. And that's when Frank Castle pulls a gun on him, or the Punisher. And he blocks with his date and traps the Punisher under roller cars. And there's also, just before that, the scene where Jigsaw finishes assaulting a prostitute who is horrified by his Frankensteinian patchwork face and he runs into the Punisher outside who he knocks down and immediately captures so we keep cutting back and forth in a scene that really doesn't help anybody yeah because it's like oh okay the jigsaw carves a skull into Punisher's chest and a barracuda in the night like falls off of a coaster into a tent with the Punisher and the Punisher tries to shoot Barracuda. He gets his hand smashed with one of those big strength tester mallets by Barracuda. But Punisher ends up somehow blowing up the Wonder Wheel and it falls on Barracuda, crushing him. Yeah. the And that's not how he dies either. No, no. <laughs> and then uh, Jig, he, like, back with Jigsaw, because the timing here is just super messed up. He asks who the third person was who killed his father as a dying wish. Jigsaw tells him, and then Frank reveals that he was free the entire time and kills Jigsaw. And then meanwhile, Barracuda, who is not killed by the Wonder Wall crushing him, is hooked up to like one of those swing chairs things. And I guess he like releases whatever was holding Barracuda up, so his like body I, separates from I his head. I don't understand this, the physics of this at all. I have to say, it makes I I have like looked at it a couple times. I do not get it. I don't see. Yeah, I don't is. see it. Um, I don't see his head as being like attached to something different than the rest of his body. I don't see like where the snapping point is, 
And I don't see how this thing even works. I I don't I don't get this at all. Yeah. I don't think this works. This doesn't it work. Is unclear. It's, yeah. Not only is it stupid, I mean it's violent, okay, but like it's it's really dumb. Um I mean, yeah. he, he could have just had the fucking thing fall on him. That would have been just fine. And in fact, kind of cool. I like the use of the mallet of the strength mallet as that's like a cool idea. Yeah. But I'd like to talk a little bit. I don't wait, listen. I know we got to stick to the schedule, but I yeah. want to talk for one second about this other confounding thing, which is the jigsaw scene. Okay, so so jigsaw carves a Punisher symbol into his chest, and and yeah. then that's when that's at that point that's when Frank is like, "Hold on, I have like a final question to ask." And then he reveals that he's been untied for a long time, right? Okay. Yeah. Wouldn't the smart mm-hmm. play have been to ask that question before he started carving something into your chest? Like, and then, like, undo yourself? Like, why did he, like, I mean, like, that's a long and painful procedure. Like, why did he allow it to happen? Like, if his plan was to just ask him, like, you know, it was like, okay, well, listen. I mean, at this point, after he slashed his ch- his his cheek, it looks like he's already slashed him up a little bit. Like at that point, he could ask him that question. Yeah. Why does he wait? Well, I think it. I think it's because Jig. He wanted to wait until Jigsaw thought that he had him on the ropes, so he'd be more willing to tell this. I, I mean, secret. I, I get that logic, but like. He literally has him tied up it's and he not- just slashed his cheek and he slashed his throat clearly. He slashed his neck. So it's I think like at that point you could make a convincing argument that you're about to die and you want to know the ne- you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's not good and I mean they waste an amusement park fight <laughs> which is a waste. Like, there's so much that they could have done better. The framing devices and stuff that they use here aren't well thought out. But, yeah, let's let's get to the All worst right, part of the story. All right, here we go. Where <laughs> Dutch is suspicious that now his hitman, who had killed uh, really well for him in the past, are dying. So he calls in the last killer, who is the Russian, who is now a trans oh. woman. And it's like... I think it was in the 90s that they had that, like where or like in the maybe the early 2000s where it's like, oh, hey, the Russians, this big beefy dude who's Frank Castle's equal. What if he's also a woman? And like, that's that's pretty much the extent of it. uh, uh. At first, by the way, the way it was drawn like, okay, if you look at this, look at the side by side in the, on the very beginning of number four of issue four. I kind of thought <laughs> that woman was Frank and drag. Like, doesn't it, don't they kind of look similar faces, like kind of look similar, like in those two panels? Yeah. <laughs> like I could buy, like I could definitely buy it. Like the chin is different, but, it, but I could argue that, 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 that uh, she's, she's got her chin to a different angle. So you might not, so that that dimple might look different if it was, if it was straight on, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. It's like, Oh, it's, is it, the, are they the same? Wait, what's going on? Was this his mom? I was wondering if maybe this was, if this was like Ruth, 
Like that was another thought. It's like, oh, it looks like Ruth. Maybe it's maybe it looks like it could be Ruth. Something. Uh, why isn't it like you know Domino or someone? <laughs> like just make it some lady character who's good at fighting who we want to see. Yeah, it's it is strange. I don't know. It it comes off to me as like very like kind of. It's certainly not like. It's not like sensitive to you know. I, I don't think it's a it's a a really great portrayal of a trans character. Uh, it's not very complex, nuanced, or interesting. It feels you're right to point out that it's from a bygone era. It feels very much like um, from the era of um, you know what's the movie um, Silence of the Lambs, like that level of understanding of like how trans works. Yep. Yeah. It's so weird that they brought this in and yeah. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, so we see Dutch rambling wildly, which makes no sense except unless you look up the historical fact that apparently he died rambling wildly before like, or he died shortly after being brought into a hospital where he was rambling incoherently and Soap reveals that he has the Punisher's mask and we flash back again. So the Punisher met the Russian at the zoo and Punisher barely escaped the Russian oh, man. coming at him. Meanwhile, oh, yeah. Soap Meanwhile, gets- all these animals die. Needless deaths. Oh, yeah, God yeah. damn it. I hated this. Man, I really hated this. Like, look, I, I understand, like, you want to do, like, something edgy and something cool. But, like, having the Punisher, like feed a grenade to a tiger felt like really sad. I was just like bummed out. I was like, it bummed me out. It was like this, this at least like, I want the tiger to at least like attack the Punisher. Like before he fucking puts a grenade in his mouth, like at least make it about to the, the tiger was just like coming up to him, like growling. <laughs> like there might've been another solution for a superhero, you know, to figure out, like, besides putting mm-hmm. a grenade in his mouth. I don't know. Also, like, there's just so many dead animal bodies. It's like, again, it's, yeah. It just it's, feels, like, exploitative. It doesn't feel, yeah. like, I like it's, it, they never call it out as, like, crazy. And so, like, it never, it's just like, yeah, it's, like, edgy. And this, right. It's so nonchalant. nonchalant. It, it's more nonchalant. Like the the art isn't extreme enough to make it work. Uh, the fight ends up leading into the reptile house. The two of them fall into a gator pit, and Punisher is able to climb out, leaving the Russian to die. But she also crawls out, now missing an arm. So he just pumps her with some more bullets, puts his mask on her, and leaves with the police, thinking that the Russian was right. the Punisher the entire time. And it's like, oh. So back at the police, Dutch, who had gone there, uh, is going to, er, yeah, so back at his base, Dutch is going to the bathroom. Uh, Punisher finds him, shoots him, finally getting his revenge. And we find out that uh, when Soap reveals what happened, they're going to keep the Punisher story out of the press because if they think that the Punisher was a transvestite war veteran, then it's going to be (laughs) It's already pretty weird. Like, listen, guys, like if you look at the murder yeah. count, look at all the just the animals being killed. 
Like, how do you explain that story? Like, like, forget, like, everything else that happens. Like, how do you explain to people, like, a bunch of animals were murdered out of their cages at the zoo? Like, what's supposed, like, shot to, with bullets and blown up with grenades? Like, how are you ever, like, it, you're already in bizarro land, folks. Like, like you know, what, the, the, the rest of the details of the story are going to compare compared to that, I think. Yeah, and so Punisher visits his family's grave, asking them to do what he should do next. He hears nothing, and then as he's walking, he sees Hitler in the paper, and he decides to go off to kill Hitler. He's going to go kill Hitler. That I, I would have rather seen him kill Hitler, but there you go. Yeah, but that would have been... <laughs> A whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, that would be a great sequel, but I don't think they'd have the balls to do it. Well, here's the thing. That actually might be... See, okay, so because we have our very famous, like, Captain America kills Hitler storyline, right? Like, that is, like, a very famous part of Marvel mythology. So, I mean, that might be interesting. You mean where he punches Hitler in the face? Yeah, not murdering him, but rather punches him in the face. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, like... uh, you know, seeing like, okay, well, how does like, how would Punisher have handled that situation differently? The Hitler situation that that could have been interesting. Um, yeah, I have no uh, desire to revisit uh, to revisit this universe. <laughs> oh boy, or at least this this story. Like, none of the stories actually interconnect, which is weird. Yeah, that is weird. It's like why why build this universe like. You know, if they're, I mean, that's part of the fun of like having an alternate universe, especially like over, you know, multiple issues is like the implication that they like mm-hmm. that this all is happening in the same world, which is cool. In um, multiple series, but it doesn't right. make sense because like Spider-Man Noir gets bitten by magical spiders. Luke Cage Noir has like absolutely no superpowers in it at all, which makes it really interesting. X-Men flirts with it, but then it just stops doing that it sounds like they all the, the uh, books have like different rules and like there's like they don't feel like mm-hmm. they're connected really besides like the theming yeah. besides like the broad theming it's almost like you know it's uh it's 1930s dress day in the marvel universe <laughs> like let's see how all our favorite characters would do if they wore outfits from 80 years ago <laughs> wouldn't that be cool <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so uh, we have our listener question, which is what Marvel character would you want to see in a Marvel noir type story? Ooh. Why don't you go first? No, oh, I've been answering these like for the entire series. Oh, okay. That's fair. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Um, yeah. Let's see. What character would I most want to see in a noir setting? Um, well, to me, the fun of noir is that kind of hard you know is that like you know that that actually you know the thing that this hinted at that seemed really cool was the idea that there was a punisher radio show i actually liked Mm -hmm. that like that was like one of my favorite details of it um so i kind of like the idea yeah that yeah of like seeing a character like cast in that light in the light of like the shadow of the spirit um, you know, like going back to like like using the noir as like a way to sort of harken back to and comment on uh, comics roots in that era. 
Um, but sort of the problem with those is that it verges into pulp, which is different than noir. Yeah. I, it's like a squares and rectangles thing. I guess. Um, what character would I want? So I'm trying to think now, like, what, you know, what character would I want to see, like, occupy, like, the space of, like, a, de- of, like, a detective? Because that's the thing, like, noir stories, as I really think of them, are, like, detective stories. You know, is, uh, mm-hmm. is, is, <laughs> he's one of my favorite characters. Is Beast in X-Men noir, I assume? Yeah, he's, he's wasted in it, but I mean. He's like, wasted. Okay, great. But like, here's what I'd like to see. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see uh, Beast as a hard-boiled detective. I like to see Beast using his his big academic brain to solve crazy, fun mysteries. And it's sort of like, do you remember there was that Beauty and the Beast storyline in the seventies with Dazzler in the Son of Doctor Doom? He's yeah, in the Son of Doctor Doom, exactly. The uh, I'd like to see that like beast like you know babes beasts and bullets you know let's make it fun make it fun make it about solving a crime you know show you know you can there's I think that's to me that's what I'd I, I'd like to see is something that's uh, more detective based something that feels more rooted in in noir I mean I know there are like gangster stories from the 1930s I guess those are you know in in uh, occupy sort of a similar territory but it's not what i think of when i think of noir mm-hmm. i think of uh i think of detective stories i think of mysteries so yeah that's yeah. i think i'd be detective Be i think detective beast would be a pretty fun one and i don't think the fact that he uh shows up in x-men noir would really be a factor to keep him because there is literally x-men noir with captain logan and then a wolverine noir with a totally different version of wolverine oh great so you're saying I should go pitch this right now to Marvel. You're yeah. saying this is the time. We'll we'll go and uh, contact uh, Heather Antos and be like, hey, we've got a whole new line with a bunch of brand new creators to uh, get some new Marvel <laughs> Noir. You keep using Spider-Man Noir everywhere. Well, we've got a solution. We've got a solution. It's the Beast. Beast. People want Henry McCoy. Even Even his name, Henry McCoy, does sound like a detective name. Henry McCoy, detective, you know, beast detective. That's mm-hmm. uh, it works. It works yeah. on so many levels, Luke. We're going to make millions when it becomes the next big Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to make <laughs> We're going to make many hundred of dollars when it becomes a comic book and we will make many millions of dollars when it becomes a part of the MCU. Trust me. Trust me on this. The uh, Marvel Noir Cinematic Universe, the MNCU. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, thank you for coming on this episode. Where can people find you and more of your work? Oh, uh, thanks so much for having me, Luke. It's a pleasure. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Golden, G E O F F R E Y, G O L D E N. I'm a comedy writer. Uh, I write books and I, I create games. Uh, I think you guys uh, played one of my games, Wet Hot American Summer Fantasy Camp, on the show. Uh, on a the, uh, Exile. On the Exile, Exile, right. That's the, um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a game where you play as the characters from uh, Wet Hot American Summer. You create a summer camp. And uh, it's a weird, uh, funny, crazy kind of role-playing uh, game experience. 
Uh, I also wrote a book called Dream It, Screw It. It's like an alternate history. It's sort of a parallel universe of the Walt Disney world, of Walt Disney Company, where uh, Dip Disney, Walt's a drunk, dumb cousin, is uh, given license to come up with the working at Imagineering and comes came up with 7,000 ride attraction ideas, uh, none of which were ever used. And so you you learn about his life through his rejected ideas, uh, you know, like the Haunted Mansons and the Hindenburg Sky Resort. And uh, you can find both those books on Amazon and, and at your local bookstore. Do you want me to give my very good endorsement of Dream It, Screw It? Oh, I'd be honored. It was so good, I left a review on Amazon for it. That's right. Go check out the, the review on the Amazon page. Check out Luke's review on the Amazon page. You'll see, uh, you'll, I think you'll see it. Uh, he, he means what he says. He puts his money where his yes. reviews are. <laughs> yep uh my normal co-host uh devin is on twitter at at fredo that's f-r-e-d-d-o-f-e-t-t uh you can find me on twitter at at coltrick that's k-o-l-t-r-e-g or at lukehair dot com, which i have not updated in like over a year probably since i've gotten the job that i'm happy with now uh you can go to the website, multiverseq.com, and see the image gallery that we have and the notes that I took on the episode. And you can also see all of the other Marvel Noir episodes, as well as some of the other big events that we've done, like our Age of Apocalypse coverage that we did two years ago as a Ken Burns-style documentary. Uh, <laughs> so good. Ah, I uh, love it. Coming up on Sunday the 25th, we have X-Men Noir, Mark of Cain. And then on Wednesday, we are going to be wrapping up with Spider-Man Noir, Eyes Without a Face. Oh, so the, uh, the, the excitement continues. Drink your Ovaltine. Yep. Get your Dakota ring and listen to the show. Continue listening to the, to the Noir episodes. We may also have a episode with Shannon Strucci from Strucci Movies talking about what it means to be or what like noir means as a genre idea. So we can go and march up to Marvel and be like, Hey, we actually understand what noir is. Now let us write all of these books that we've gotten premises for. <laughs> uh, Multiversal Q and Exiled are both Patreon sponsored uh, projects where for as little as $1 a month, you can get early episodes of Exiled or other podcasts and bonus episodes and content for both of the shows. Get, get the, go, go to the Patreon. Support if you love the show. Yeah. Support it. That's my thing. I'm trying to do this more. You know, I love their stir. There are things I love. There's their, you know, artists, people. You know, want to uh, support them. You know, they need. Uh, they, you know, content ain't free. <laughs> content ain't free. It may feel like it's free, but it's somebody has to pay for it. So uh, you might as well. Why not get? Bonus episodes, why not get early episodes? That's a cool thing. I think that's a neat thing. If you're on the Thank fence, you. if you're on the fence, I'm hoping to push you over the fence. That's what I'm saying. I'm hoping to push you over that fence and get on that Patreon. Uh so yeah, we'll be back next week. Thank you once more for coming on. And yeah, until next time. This one's for Hank. <laughs>